Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Legendarium Podcast. I am Craig, your host. Over there, we've got Ryan and Todd. Welcome, guys. Um, yeah, no no insults today because we're, we're kind of flying off the cuff today. Today is a, a grab bag episode. Uh, one of those things where it's, uh, you know, it's Sunday and somebody says, hey, what are we putting out tomorrow? And I say... That I, I say nothing. I say yeah. nothing because we have nothing to put out. <laughs> so, hey, what can we talk about? We've got a few things. Today, we are talking about Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And, is it Doctor Strange and or in? In. In the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we're talking about previewing Kenobi that's coming mm-hmm. up uh, pretty soon on Disney+. Plus. And we're going to talk about sequels and sequel issues, okay? Not the sequels, okay? Let's just... We'll leave that alone until we get to I'm that. I'm sure segment. we will get there, but yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we see this one coming. <laughs> I can already see the train tracks lined up. I see the light coming down the tunnel yep. at me. You can and hear that, you can hear the steam whistle catch you. Yep, yep, yep. That is me barreling toward you with uh, you know the inevitability of your doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. Oh, so as we get started. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you, especially on these uh, <clears throat> really well-prepared episodes. We, <laughs> we appreciate the support um, and, and are glad you guys listen. We really are. So please go to thelegendarium.com where you can check out previous episodes. You can uh, find... Oh, the, the best thing, honestly, about going to thelegendarium.com, I'll list three things. The first would be that's where you can find the Patreon link. That's best for us. Uh, the second thing is that's where you can find the Discord link. That's best for you. And the third thing is that we sort our episodes by category there. Mm. And so uh, we get this a lot. You know, somebody joins Discord. They go to the introductions channel. They say, hey, I'm this person from this place. uh, And I really would like to find, I I can't find all of the Dune episodes or the Belgariad episodes or whatever. Uh, Those are all sorted by uh, author there or by subject. And so you just find the little episode number, you know, and then you can go back to your, your, uh, uh, what do they call them? Podcatcher. Yeah. Your podcatcher and find the episode that way. Anyway. So it's really useful that way, especially if you're new ish to the show, uh, go check out the legendarium.com. Okay. Gentlemen, how are we? How, how are things going nerd wise? (laughs) Depressed. Oh, (laughs) really? I think there's a lot of depressing stuff happening right now. Really? Why? In these films and stuff like that. It's just... We're it, it's it's a great time to be alive and to be seeing this, but it's just it's depressing subject is matter. It, it is. It, uh, it is depressing subject matter. Okay, um, I could probably go along with a little bit of that. I uh, so let me let me ask you this before I get to what the hell you're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you is this actually depressing you, or is it just that you know the subject matter isn't the joyous romp that you're used to from 15 years ago? Uh, I would say that a um, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but in proportion and more so to uh, like I the, some of the content like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I legitimately was depressed coming out of that film. <laughs> okay, me too. Because but of the content, probably probably for because different of the reasons. content. Yes, yep. for different reasons, but for because of the content um, there as a whole. I still love that seeing all the different things we're getting, all the different pieces. So, no, I'm not depressed because, oh, it's just getting bad, or, oh, it's... No, that's not it at all. 
Um, well, okay, let me let me submit to you that either way, whether you were getting depressed about it because, you know, wh- whichever reason, uh, oh, I'm, I hate the MCU now, I wish I still loved it, whatever, or, uh, oh, the Scarlet Witch's journey is so depressing, whatever. Either way, what do you say to the idea that you're taking this way too seriously? Uh, to a certain extent, it's possible. Yeah, I would say... Like if it's it's similar to the way that I think a lot of people treat um, you to take any given um, tribal attachment that we have, whether it's sports or politics or in this case, mm. uh, you know, storytelling, the idea that this could actually affect your day to day emotional state uh, says to me, oh, maybe we're investing a little too much in this. I don't I, know, what or do you think? maybe you're too closed off. I would it's say it's possible. I, yeah. I would say that that's kind of the purpose of a story, isn't it? is to allow us to have an opportunity yeah. to hold up a mirror to ourselves, to society, and look at it and say, how am I really doing with handling my issues that are similar to these kinds of things? And from that standpoint, I would say, if I don't walk out of it a little bit emotionally challenged, then probably I'm not paying enough attention. We all know, Todd, that you are hardly <laughs> emotionally challenged. Okay, and I understand why you went to Ryan with these questions first before well. me, and yes, I'll probably cry at some point in this episode, but... I think that for me, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, you just pull your microphone you away a little bit. Uh, I think for me, that was part of the reason why I really quite liked Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's I, I don't think that everyone needs to have a deep-seated emotional connection to every piece or anything like that. But I think that there's a, a beauty to being able to do that, though. Mm. If, if you are able to go into a piece and connect with it at some emotional level, I feel like it's to a certain extent, depending on who you are. Like for me, that me- means a story is more impactful to me. It's going to have a longer lasting impact on me if I'm able to connect that way than just maybe, you know, being able to understand or just enjoy a piece. Some things don't connect with me. It's just right. the way it works. But uh, hero stories, these sort of fantasy tales, I connect with them. It's just it's mm-hmm. a lot yeah. easier for me. Okay, um, fair so, enough. Yeah. And to, to put all my chips out on the table, I was asking that to be deliberately provo- provocative. Yeah. I sure. mean, you know, I get invested in things like <laughs> Tolkien. Like this, this is not, I'm yeah, not yeah. a stranger to this idea. But I, I do think there is something to the idea of, um, of getting too invested mm-hmm. in whatever it is where that thing takes over your life. Uh, where, Todd, you're talking about holding up a mirror. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it, uh, you, you, you live in these stories for a short amount of time. You uh, recognize and deal with emotions and then maybe come out of it better equipped to deal with that in real life. I think that's great. Uh, but then there are definitely people who will let a movie ruin their month. Oh, yeah. Right. If and, like, I they become an emotional wreck to the nth degree. Yeah. If, if I couldn't go to work the next day after seeing this, that's a that means this film is either really impressive or I probably should be seeing a therapist about my yeah. connection there. I yeah. understand that. Level. If, some, if somebody said something like that after the first time seeing Schindler's List, I'd be like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So Sophie's Choice. Okay. Maybe not. Mm, same vein. Shallower. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and I think I think the other thing about it too is that if uh, at, as I'm as I'm watching these as I'm watching these movies, I'm seeing stories play out that I've that I've already read. Uh, in many cases, I I'm I, I I saw the writing on the wall for this one mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, and so watching the execution of it i'm like okay good execution but also i was very prepared for what that emotional impact was going to be and so when i walked in i knew what to expect 
I knew what to be aware of. I knew what triggering things might occur. And I'm worried for some of my family members. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of family members that when I take them to take them to see this movie, we're probably going to have a couple of, a uh, couple of hours of, of some Greek. decompression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. At this point, I think we should probably talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. Sure. And that's Dr. Strange in the multiverse madness. So for those who haven't seen it yet, are we going to get into, I mean, what's to spoil? I guess there are some things you can spoil. There's some spoilers. It's, I would... it's pretty straightforward as far as Marvel movies go. So if you've seen a Marvel movie, you pretty much know what to expect as far as, as, far as story beats go. Um, but if you are concerned about spoilers, yeah, maybe fast forward for 20 minutes or whatever as we as we talk about this. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness features Benedict Cumberbatch as the titular Doctor Strange. And um, Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah. Spectacular. What is it? Spectacular Strange. Uh, oh, let's not do that. Uh, no, no. Not the, in the movie. The, not in the movie. This one here. We're talking about the movie, not your BS comics. No, this is in the movie. This They're the all movie. individual Stranges. Oh, yeah. That's baloney. The, I didn't catch that. I can't remember what the dark one is who he has the music fight with, but that one is like... Oh, that one was awesome. Uh, so, so okay. Ass, all right. Yeah. Anyway... So he is confronted by a dream of himself uh, helping some girl to As retrieve. Strange, shut up! Yeah. God, nobody cares. Six one six strange. They wrote it. As opposed to eight three five strange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. You know what? You guys just go ahead and talk about the movie. I don't even give a crap anymore. I was gonna. I was gonna lay it out for people. I was gonna try to you know do the big boy thing, but no. You guys go you, ahead. You were doing yeah. a great job. No, we were just trying I? to provide a little bit of Apparently detail. Apparently not. Because here, here's why I make that differentiation. So here, I'll go ahead and run it from there. Doctor Strange. Oh, I'm really has, looking forward to this. Doctor Strange has sees the, what he believes to be a dream sequence, but dreams are connections to your multiverse alternates. So I'm sorry. What? I know. I was there with you in the movie. I know how you responded. So that's what he sees in the beginning. He sees this. We see an alternate version of Strange. This is important because as we go through this whole thing, we're going to see other alternate Stranges. And there's a connection in dreams. It's important that that be understood because that's pretty much the premise of this whole story and how everything works is that there are multiple versions in the multiverse. You can connect to them through dreams and it's not a good idea to do so. Like, no, it's bad. It's, a it's very idea. bad. Yeah. And along the way, we also find out that uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, well, Wanda, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, mm -hmm. has also been uh, investigating the different dream versions of herself looking for a way to restore herself to her children. All right, I'm taking back over. And she does so uh, with the young girl, what's her name? America, America something or Chavez? Yes. America Chavez. America Chavez, uh, who has the unique ability to travel between uh, universes. Yes. And uh, if her power can be absorbed, then the person who absorbs it will be able to do that. Wanda wants to do that because, as we learned in whatever that TV show was. WandaVision. That one. Uh, she has two imaginary children who in the multiverse, in several versions of the multiverse, are not imaginary. She wants to get to them to be their mother, um, forgetting that they, you know, have one already. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, sets up some uh, some issues. Uh, and now she has gone full Scarlet Witch uh, and is uh, is what dogged in her insistence that this is her, you know, this is what she deserves. She deserves to be a mother. She will go to any lengths, and she does. She becomes the bad guy mm. in this movie yes. very, very much, uh, fulfilling the ultimate role of the Scarlet Witch, who 
never should have been a full-on Avenger the way she was. She was always a villain <laughs> uh, from the very earliest incarnations in the MCU, and now she has finally turned that leaf. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well uh, done. Action and some hilarity <laughs> ensues. Uh, there are lots of um, lots of cameos. There's a little bit of violence. There's a little bit of horror. Bit. There's uh, quite a bit. Of, there's quite a bit of horror, actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, so. <laughs> I, I I saw a take that I thought was actually interesting. Okay, not necessarily. This is not something I particularly agree with, but I did think it was huh one uh, one of those interesting Twitter takes. There are a lot of uh, people arguing that this movie should have been rated R uh, because of the violence, because mm. of the horror nature of certain passages. Uh, okay. I think that's stupid. Uh, this was a thoroughly PG-13 movie, but the person making this, uh, the, who had this take said something along the lines of, this isn't, uh, this is people wanting a rated R MCU movie because uh, it justifies their liking movies that they feel deep down are for kids. And if oh, we if we have yeah. a rated R uh, MCU movie, then okay, uh, no, I'm an adult again. Okay, great. Well, they've got Deadpool. Deadpool's coming. So, <laughs> and I'm quite sure that Deadpool will remain R rated. Oh, They're going to figure out a way. We right? can only hope. Um, I, I I can see that. I think that. Um, I, I I think though that when you're when you're talking about uh, about the horror elements of this. Um, we we do have the possession of a dead body, mm-hmm. uh, of a of a partially decomposed. I, I actually thought we should, they were going to. We should before you go on, Todd. Actually, we should point out that this was directed by Sam Raimi, uh-huh. the er eighties horror movie director. Yes. Right? Uh, so Sam Raimi, uh, nerds know him these days as the director of the Spider Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, um, and- which could be said to be a zombie movie. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but he was he kind of made his bones in Hollywood with the Evil Dead, Bruce um, Campbell. Thank and, you very yeah, much, and Bruce Campbell and and all that stuff. Not just those, but yeah, those were the the big ones that kind yeah. of made his mark, right? And so definitely lots of Raimi uh, flourishes. Oh yeah, in what is mostly just a regular MCU movie, but then you get these little Raimi bits that kind of float through, right? Yeah, there. I I, I guess for me the 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 fear or the horror aspect of it was kind of analogous to what I saw in Raiders of the Lost Ark Mm. Uh, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when all the spirits come out and then all of a sudden they turn into evil spirits and they suck people's bodies and faces melt and all that kind of stuff. That was the same kind of stuff. That was PG back then. Uh, I think it's still PG now. Uh, The the special effects might be a little bit more uh, crisp and a little bit more... Uh, terrifying in some ways, but not to the extent that I would say that this would have warranted an R rating. So yeah. I, I think I, I I side with all those who say, "Come on, it's a movie." <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you look like you've you've been biting back thoughts. Uh, well, so I'm not a fan of horror, generally speaking, and I will say, I, I, this film feels further away from the MCU than anything else I've ever watched. Okay. Um, Personally, just because there are a handful of elements that I'm that, depending on how you look at them, they occur. Uh, it like characters die in other MCU films, but they usually don't die the way that they died here. 
for example. Okay, yeah. You mean where I Black think I Bolt? see where you're going with this. Black Bolt, Captain Carter, the whole Illuminati sequence, like everything yeah. there. Like, yeah. A lot of those moments, I was like, okay, that's... Heroes usually get this whole grandiose dying moment if they get it. You know, think about like Quicksilver running and saving somebody. There's some grand element. These ones are no, they're just dead. Yep. They get a kill and you see it on screen. This, mm. Like those things, like they happen on screen right in front of you, like close up shots, like Black Bolt, all of a sudden his head exploding. You are zoomed in tight. That's not usually something that I see in MCU films, at least. I'll buy that. that. So it, to me, from my perspective, that felt further away i felt like this is probably one of the further from not the furthest from the formula because it is still fairly straightforward with that but the furthest in terms of uh individual plot points and moments uh that it felt different for me there um i will say i also in regards to a lot of those horror moments i don't know if it's a good sign that i watched them and went carrie the ring you know, this, I'm like, oh, the, yeah. I'm okay. not a super big horror fan, but I, the fact that I was able to pull out, that's an homage to that, that's an homage to that, that's an homage to that. I was like, and I bet there I, are a lot that you missed because probably. there were a lot of homages to Sam Raimi films. Yes, there were. Um, the, the, uh, I don't know if you caught it. Have you ever seen The Evil Dead? If you're nope. not a horror person, you probably haven't. But the idea, the hand, the possessed hand. So Bruce Campbell's character in punching Doctor himself. Strange, uh -huh. punching himself. It's the it's the hand that he can't control. It's the anyway. It, Got it. It's a whole thing from Sam Raimi. Um, anyway, I will say uh, those are the bits of the movie that actually worked best for me. Was mm -hmm. when it was full on Raimi. Um, I, with the exception of the rotating camera um, that he does a Discord. lot, I don't I don't care for that. But that being said. Um, the moment, like when uh, the the chase scene with, after she murders the Illuminati and the the possessed version of Wanda yeah, is yeah. chasing them through the facility, and she's got it, it's oil from it's these right robots, the but it looks like she's Carrie with the mm -hmm. blood coming yep. out her face. But you know, whatever. Um, that that bit was great. It worked great for me. Mm -hmm. um, sure, I yeah, it's an homage, but it's a bit like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie and being like, oh, well, I mean, I could just go watch a spaghetti western. You know, and it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. sure, you could, or you could watch somebody's uh, incredibly well-made love letter to a spaghetti western. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's what that felt like to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm totally good with that. I, for me, uh, the reason I say that this, that those bits worked better is because, frankly, I am tired of the MCU formula. It's a bit like um, a really well-made TV show. Like Todd and I were talking earlier about Modern Family, one of the great, uh, you know, contemporary sitcoms. Um, and it was fabulous for, you know, four or five, six seasons, something like that. And, but it went on for 11. Yeah. And by the time you get to the 11th season of that, or like the ninth or 10th season of friends or whatever, most of these TV shows, you're like, okay, you, like you've exhausted what we can do with this format, with these characters, with whatever. Uh, it's time to, time to kill our darling mm -hmm. and move on. That's how I feel about the MCU right now, generally speaking. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. That that being said, you watch the ninth and tenth season of uh, seasons of Friends, you get some pearls. You know, there's some good episodes, there's some good storylines, whatever. Uh, but mostly, it's pretty tired. That's how I feel about the MCU. It's mostly tired, but I'm I but I like. There are moments that I like. There are even films that I like. Uh, but I kind of feel like once we reached Endgame, it really was just that was the end for me. And I think that. 
from a from a standpoint of of I, I, I can accept that. Um, I don't necessarily share it. Sure. And I think the reason that I don't share it is because my investment in the MC in in the Marvel universe, leaving out the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. recognizes how much more material there still is that they can explore and give me the visual depictions that I've been looking forward to. Um, they've got the opportunity for Secret Wars, and I think that's one that they're kind of starting to put some pieces together for. Uh, we've now got the opportunity to bring the uh, X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a result of financial arrangements that are being made in this world and some of the storytelling that was done in Doctor Strange. Uh, we've we've got an opportunity to to see some th- some pieces uh, treated differently than they've been treated in the past. We, I'm I'm anxious to see how all of these pieces play out. Um, in the same way, I think for me, I'd really like to see more Justice League. I would like to see these comic book stories that I that I really invested in um, throughout decades of my life mm. uh, played out and and represented on on film uh, and done effectively because we now have the technology to be able to pull it off. And with some of the announcements that Marvel is making about, uh, what are they calling it, Phase 5 now? Um, they've got some great stuff lined up. I'm really looking forward to let seeing me, the let me new ask you stuff. This. Let me ask you this. Okay, Phase 5. You just said Phase 5, and I think I broke out in hives. Um, <laughs> you say, okay, they're coming out with some new stuff. As a non-comic book reader, have I heard of any of those things? Maybe. So, like, we go back to what what would have been Phase 2 when we brought in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Nobody knew about Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody knew who Ant-Man was. But they made it work. They made mm-hmm. us care to a certain extent, especially Guardians. I don't think anybody actually cares about Ant-Man. Great movie, the first one. Like, it, it really is fun. I like that movie a lot. But nobody cares. Like, Ant-Man is not a character is, that is we're invested like in. Is he just, slapping me with this I stuff? Like- I don't know. Paul Rudd's a national treasure. You're treading on dangerous ground. Oh, hey, no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get any argument from me there. He's great. No, just like anyway. But 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 my point is with this uh, this alleged phase five. Sure. Am I going to care? Uh, Because the reason I say that in part is because um, at this point, like I said, I've kind of laid out where I'm at with the MCU. I I don't know that I can be made to care the way that I was made to care with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think they can do it again. And I think it'll all, it'll have everything to do with how well they cast and how well they um, interweave some of the existing material that you appreciated with new material coming out. Um, the, the, the point of what's going on with phase five is to, is to connect. Uh, so connect we've got what? the, connect what connect the stuff that you've already seen uh, with what Thor uh, Thor Love and Thunder, for instance, is going to connect to um, a new iteration of Thor and give you an opportunity to see some new characters and experience some new pieces of that Marvel Universe that, again, maybe you haven't heard of. Maybe right. you do know about them, but that's yeah. what this next series of films is <laughs> just, supposed to do is connect you're, it so you're that you're talking ready to about, go. You're talking about passing the baton. I think that's Absolutely. perfectly reasonable. I just prefer it when my Marvel characters are like Daredevil and they take their batons and beat somebody to death with them. Uh, that's what I want. That's, I think we'll get some of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, to my thinking, it would be 
that sounds really positive if you are dealing with like fatigue from Marvel. Like chances are they're going to follow a similar formula because you pretty don't much say. all these are the hero's story, the hero's journey in some facet or another. And it's, doesn't the hero's journey kind of but this, follow I, a formula? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. to a certain extent, again, seven <laughs> stories ever made or whatever the whole thing is. But in the the first iteration of everything, we had to have our anchors to get us to care about the MCU. We had to have our Iron Mans, which we really let, didn't care about me. the first one there. And then we have Captain America, and we start to build up our whole Avengers thing. We get through this piece, and now we're all invested in it, but now there's just not the same thing. So if I was, if I was in a fatigued position with this, I'd be like, oh, something I don't know anything about, there's opportunity. Maybe that excites me. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I So... Going off of what you, something you just said about, uh, yeah, these are all the hero's journey. Um, it, sure. And that's, I, it's a mode of storytelling that I love. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But in this context, yeah, it's wearing a little thin for me. This movie, Doctor Strange, should not, it, you know, in light of what we we're just talking about, should not have been a Doctor Strange movie. This should have been a Wanda, Wanda movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she should have been the protagonist. Not the hero. <laughs> yes. But the protagonist, she anti-hero, whatever we want to call her. Um, but her story is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, his story is not interesting in this movie. It, it, what story we have. It's not interesting. He doesn't go through any character development. He goes through some fake character development. I can't even remember what it is, but there's like a line that keeps getting repeated through the movie. Um you know, it's like the 2003 Daredevil Ben, ben Affleck is like, oh, you have I'm to not, be the one holding I'm the knife. I'm not the bad guy. Oh, right. Yeah. You have to be the one holding the knife. Yeah. I, 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 and, and are you happy? And are you happy? Yeah. Right. So there's like, there's these fake versions of character development that aren't actually developed and aren't explored and are not interesting because mm-hmm. this movie is a Wanda movie. I would, um, I disagree. I, I agree with the final statement. This is more a Wanda movie than that, but I don't No, but it's think... not. It's not. My point is this is not a Wanda movie. It should have been a Wanda movie. Yes. it's It touches on her storyline and her development, uh, but ultimately spends... I, he is our, our protagonist, and so we spend almost the entire movie with him exploring his quote-unquote inner emotions or whatever. Yes. Okay. I get I get your argument there, and uh, I yeah. agree with the this story as it's written works better to have if they would have given it as a Wanda film and done that. I completely agree with that. Um, I don't think the character development is fake. I think it's a little um, <laughs> shallow at best. How's that? I would have gone with nuanced. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> there is a word I haven't heard about uh, late MCU. Well, no, I, and that's fair. I mean, I I, I guess. And again, maybe it's because I, and and this is not a this this is probably not a criticism of, or maybe this is a, a a direct criticism of the way that Marvel approaches some of the some of the MCU content, is that they, some of it is built with the expectation that people have some background, and that they already have some investment. I I guess I saw things, and uh, noticed things that I was looking for, that I expected because of my experience with the comic books with the doctor strange character with some of the things that i've seen in the past and so when i see them uh this uh the experience with christine that kind of follows this all the way through who's christine uh christine is the love the almost love interest the rachel mcadams character the rachel mcadams character got it got it um 
when when they have the repeated interaction, are you happy? Mm -hmm. And he lies every time. Um, until the very end. Until the very end, when he can, when he can be honest about the fact, no, I'm not really happy, and I'll figure it out. Um, contrast that with, uh, and and for me, this was the this was the big deal. Is the contrast between um, between Wanda also not happy with what's going on, but she becomes so consumed by what she does not have, what she cannot have, and allows it to drive her insane, where he deflects, 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 and then finally gets to a point where he can say, yeah, this sucks. I'm not happy. Uh, and that's what I've chosen. So let me uh, run something by you guys as we wrap up this topic and move on to Kenobi in just a moment. Um, but with the with the the comic book uh, guru in the room, sipping his Coke Zero over there, Todd. Uh, <laughs> comic books over the years, okay, they've yep. been around for decades and decades and decades. Oh yeah. Uh, and every once in a while, you get a reboot, a refresh, yeah. right? And sure. so it's uh, you know obviously new artists and new writers and whatnot, but then you know they'll also bring in slightly different storylines you know maybe new villains new problems Bat new batman Bat gets a, a a tweaked um origin story or yep. you know spider-man is shooting you know it's mechanical webs instead of you know organic webs or you know, whatever <laughs> little things but you get these they're they're full-on resets okay we're going back to the beginning we're restarting the story would the mcu benefit from that type of reset where you get a, a truly different style of filmmaking of storytelling of whatnot would it benefit i obviously i think it would because i think my my feelings are pretty clear i'm a little worn out now on the mcu i would love to see something different and you know in a new creative direction what about you guys not yet i think they're toying with some of that as it is mm -hmm. um with the multiverse the, the the multiverse gives them the opportunity oh, to start exploring and that. that and that's it's that's that's exactly why i say like we're done we the, uh, the i think i feel about the multiverse the way ken does about time travel <laughs> you know i maybe not as uh as, as ken like in my emotions uh but i, I get it but i it's a to me it, it's a cheap storytelling device that cannot be fully explored because you can't arrest your you can't suspend your disbelief enough to for the multiverse the way that it is often used and every usually. comic book fan and devotee just had their eyes start bleeding i don't care <laughs> i disagree it's as simple as saying well what if this was real what like, what if what was real what if the what if our reality literally you, uh, the three of us sitting here what if there was a million other realities like this where it's just slightly different where one todd's green and i'm purple and you're gray and or maybe, got, or, or maybe you're out, the like, host. Tentacles the, coming out my what? Out your nose, whatever. Oh, nose, like, nose. Okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> you say, what if it was real? And that's as much as, I'm not saying everyone can do this, but like that's that's how I look at this. I go, the multiverse, it's a convenient plot point, but what if it was real? Okay, that's what I need to do to move forward, to be like, that's this is how it happens. Like, is, does it maintain its own consistency inside of its story? So far, so good. Like. The That's other it. the other thing to keep in mind too is that the the Marvel universe is full of lots of different characters. We have the opportunity and and Marvel is exploring the opportunity of saying, "Okay, we're going to reboot our Marvel Cinematic Universe by focusing on some characters that you 
haven't already seen. Mm. We're going to be done with Captain America, but we're moving to a new Ms. Marvel. We're going to be done with uh, Hawkeye, uh, or maybe not. Maybe he comes back and he gets a season two. Uh, but we're going to introduce you to Nova. Uh, we're done with Iron Man, but we're going to introduce you to the Iron Man from the Ultimates universe, which uh, is a is a different individual, but gets a hold of Stark Tech and figures out how to make some of it work. I mean, there, there's lots of opportunities for them to refresh, reboot, but not necessarily walk away from and say everything that we had before yeah no longer exists like they've done with spider-man three times they can turn around and they can say no all of these things continue to exist yeah well uh maybe we should move on from you know episode 28 of the mcu tv show uh and go on to another franchise that uh refuses to die um wow and i don't say i don't say that wishing it would good uh, you might be in trouble. <laughs> but I think the we day can the safely legendarium say, died. <laughs> where's my E13 blaster? I, yeah. <laughs> I think we can safely safely say at this point that Star Wars probably not refuses to die. Absolutely. Whether that is good or bad is up to each individual person, right? But uh, Kenobi is coming out. Okay, yes. let's yes. talk about Kenobi. Uh, it's coming out. Is it this month, Ryan, or is it May next month? May 27th, okay. I believe, is so, its first uh, first. It's a busy episode. day, May 27th. It's oh. two episodes on May 27th. Okay. Mm -hmm. So with uh, with Kenobi coming out, Ryan, you said uh, when we were texting earlier today, uh, episode, maybe, question mark? Mm -hmm. uh, you said something about Kenobi, and I thought, I legit thought, oh, I missed it. I just didn't care enough to notice that it came out. <laughs> uh, but you said, no, it hasn't come out yet. So why why do you want to talk about Kenobi before it's come out? Is there anything interesting going on with that show? How, do, just, how are you feeling? Uh, obviously, I'm excited about it. Uh, bringing Ewan McGregor back, uh, Hayden Christensen. Um, how, how, I'm sorry, how are they bringing Hayden Christensen back? He's Darth as, Vader. Sure. It, okay, so yes. is he doing a bad British accent or no? I mean, no he's, worse he's than James playing Earl Darth Jones. Vader. <laughs> he's playing Darth Vader. Okay. He's playing Darth Vader, and he's he did the voice in one of the prequels, at least for part of it. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, All right. So yeah, you what can do a lot of so, um, bringing them back. One of my favorite things about this, and this isn't about the story itself. I'm really excited about a lot of the story elements, but um, uh, it's been really nice to see. Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, as they're doing their press tours, talk about their relationship with Star Wars now versus the past like 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, this is <laughs> because Ewan McGregor, they've, they've said in multiple interviews, um, but it's, they said the generation that we made the Star Wars films for, the kids that grew up watching the prequels or whatever, who have loved them for years, but, you know, I wouldn't say been loved them quietly because the internet, um, but they're the generation who's now coming in and I they get so much love and appreciation for their work in the prequels and things like that from this new generation that it's reignited their passion for Star Wars, mm -hmm. whereas coming directly out of the prequels initially, all it was, you know, harsh critic, uh, harsh critical response, people constantly, you know, you know, saying, you know, how terrible they are and look, plenty of nits to be picked, plenty of issues to be brought up. I'm not saying they're perfect yeah, things. Whatever. I don't think we even have to get to the nits if we're talking about the prequel trilogy. But that, like, that specific thing is what has turned, so like, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen to be like, yeah, I, I don't really want to talk about my Star Wars stuff because every time we do, it's just people talking about how terrible they are or whatever. Like, we enjoyed making the films. They are good. Like, uh, 
Revenge of the Sith specifically, they said they said that was a fantastic film. We enjoyed that one a lot. It's really it's a good piece. It's a good piece. Again, I have personal nits to pick with that with that description, but um, the fact that they are re-energized and back and excited about doing Star Wars again to me is a good sign. It Agreed. makes me excited about Kenobi. Agreed. Um, I think you're not nearly cynical enough. Okay, and I, I grant that I'm too cynical, but you're not nearly cynical enough. Well, and I think there's, I, I think it's a, I, I think the distinction that I draw is cynical about perhaps a piece of the Star Wars universe and cynical about the Star Wars universe. Um, I remember watching Revenge of the Sith and saying to myself as I walked out, um, gee, it's too bad that George decided that he wanted to do more than just frame the shots uh, because I've, you know, and, and, and that's a piece that, that unfortunately gets connected to the actors and the, and all of the, all of the pieces that are visible for most people as a, as a performer, I looked at it and I could very clearly say, this isn't these actors. Um, and what the actors were doing and what the actors gave was some Natalie Portman, uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christian, uh, even Samuel L. Jackson. If you can make Samuel L. Jackson deliver a line that just makes you go, eh, that's a bad sign. Yeah, but uh, but Samuel L. Jackson also, thank you, gave us purple lightsabers. Yeah, <laughs> um, those that I can I can look at the movie and I can say these pieces. Maybe I don't love that movie, but I continue to love the story. And what I love about Kenobi is we're getting now a piece that connects those yes. those pieces. It builds that bridge that we were looking for, I, that some of us were looking for. Yeah, I was going to say, I was not looking for the bridge. Um, it also does a really, uh, and one of the things that I was most excited about when I saw it was that we get some connection with Star Wars Rebels. Uh, they bring in the Sith Inquisitors. And I'm and I when I saw that, I said to myself, OK, we're not going to retcon everything. We're not going to throw that out and say, well, that was for a kid's show. No, we're yeah. going to turn around and we're going to double down on it and say, no, this was part of the process. And it gives an opportunity while, yeah, the Jedi are gone, but the Jedi aren't gone. And the reason they're not gone is because they're still looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I love this. It turns it into a real like a fugitive flick. Right. Um, I, I have the feeling we're going to, that, that this series is going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of cloak and dagger and a lot of fun. It's one of like, along those lines, one of the things that I'm most excited about with this piece is the fact that they are connecting pieces that have previously been only for those who wanted to explore further. Uh, like, oh, I don't know a whole lot about the, if you watch the Rebels uh, series, you met the Sith Inquisitors, you got an idea as to what they were, but you didn't really get a ton of additional. There's, um, I think, the Grand Inquisitor and a couple and others the that, two are in, others. Yeah. that are in there. But if you play Jedi Fallen Order, you end up learning a whole lot more about the Inquisitors. So it's mm -hmm. this piece like, okay, we have started to build a new uh, foundation for these additional storytelling pieces that are really great and wonderful there. But most people don't play Jedi Fallen Order. A lot of people do not watch Star Wars Rebels. This is a chance for them to connect to those if they like, if they want. We're, yeah. we're building on existing pieces. Uh, for the first little while, a lot of the pieces they've created have been their own little standalone modules, and now we're connecting them to different to the different stories. So it's like, okay, we're getting back to the feeling of having a really wide. <laughs> I'm going to say this and then say something exactly opposite. A very wide 
extended universe to explore, and then we'll do everything on Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. So let no, me. I, I, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm speaking now directly to uh, anybody listening who is not, uh, you know. <laughs> A Star Wars nerd? Marinating in the Star Wars extended universe, <laughs> past and present, right? But I I guess <clears throat> I, I, I'll i probably watch the show, at least for the first little while, see if it grabs my attention. Great. Yeah, you know, I, I watched The Mandalorian. I watched uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, i.e. Mandalorian season 2.5. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I'll watch this one. I'll give it a shot, see if it's see if I like it. But for, for anybody who is not that interested like okay great Tatooine again okay great Obi-Wan Kenobi again okay great all right it's the same same thing retread of characters and places whatnot tell me this doesn't sound better a uh, a series okay we got a 12 episode 13 episode series about the witches of Dathomir okay what what are that what what are the witches of Dathomir doesn't matter you shouldn't need to know the point being it's like a, a, a planet full it's a society ruled by matriarchal force wielders who are not Jedi and they ride rancors and they, you know, they shoot lightning out of their fingers and like it's this completely bizarre thing on this planet you've never heard of and if somebody said, you know, they, they put out the promo materials for Star Wars, The Witches of Dathomir, like I, I think that would energize people who have never heard of that. I've heard of that because I recognize the name mm-hmm. from the old EU uh, from the 90s, right? But if you've never heard of that, it's like, oh my gosh, something fresh, something interesting. I, I kind of get the concept of the Force, which, you know, can be whatever you want it to be in any given iteration of Star Wars. <laughs> but I get the concept of the Force. I know what a Rancor is. I'm off to the races. Like, So I know this is Star Wars, and now this is more interesting than, um, than this story that I kind of already got the bones of, and now they're going to mess with my internal head canon um and you know kind of steamroller over my imagination um instead of opening up new vistas for me i i I would like new stuff i would tell you to go start looking into the acolyte i I don't know oh yeah because that's that's kind of what they do (laughs) there's a lot of star wars stuff coming and just because this isn't that doesn't mean they aren't working on pieces like that. Uh, but I understand not everyone's diving into like. But this the, is the but this is thing. the marquee stuff, right? I mean, like you guys were saying earlier, this is for those who know what tattooing is, who you know, who saw the prequels, who you saw know who the original Kenobi trilogies, is, right? Who know what Obi Obi Wan Kenobi is exactly? Yeah. yeah, I guess when you're when when you start talking and so if you're sorry, let me finish my thought real quick, Todd. Sure. Which is if you guys if you're talking about well, have you read the novelization? Have you read this comic book? Did you see this? Uh, series with you know like Rebels is oh did you watch Rebels yeah it was on Disney XD like nobody knew what that was <laughs> very yeah. very few people actually saw that show but Kenobi is this is their marquee thing right yeah. this is like okay we're presenting this to the wide world this is this is now Star Wars in its current iteration that's a little bit different than oh but yeah you should check out that comic book no I'm not going to check out the comic book nobody's going to check out the comic book but the right. acolyte is a Disney. Is it Disney Plus or is it a movie? Uh, it's a movie. That they've got that. I'm trying it's, to. It's remember part of their marquee yeah. lineup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Like, That's great. I haven't heard a damn thing about it. So yeah, like, I, I look forward to it. I, 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 I kind of relate this to when I was in the in the early '90s, first presented with uh, the Hand of Thrawn, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, oh, we finally have a new Star Wars book. And from that one new Star Wars book that continued to trace a line in a story that I was familiar with, we had an explosion of material. And for a long time, the only way that you could set it, well, and, and there were there were lots of different directions to go for the for that satisfaction of that storyline. I think what what they're trying to do at Lucasfilm and in the work that they're doing with John Favreau and and all of the all of the group that are that are dedicated to building this new Star Wars piece is to try and build those different tent poles so that there are places for people to go. So Witches of Dathomir, I think that you probably ought to write a real quick pitch on that. Send that to John Favreau because you might get the royalties on it <laughs> because he's probably looking for other kinds of things to build that will bring more people into the Star Wars universe. Right now, he knows that people like me and Ryan are going to watch Kenobi. And so he's got us hooked. And that's enough for them to be able to build this piece and structure things so that they can go in other directions. That, at least as I look at it, that's what I would be saying if I were the marketing people, if I were the advertising people, if I were the creative people, hey, let's work with the people that we know are going to accept what we're trying to offer and see how far we can push the boundaries. Yeah, the, you said something earlier, and it was actually something that echoed off of. He's pointing at me, ladies. And I gentlemen. read earlier. Yes, Craig said something. It's something that I, I genuinely do not understand. Okay. Um, well, let me tell you I a little something about calculus. Okay. <laughs> well, that too, I do not understand. I didn't understand it when I went through the class. Um, Did you pass the test? But I, I don't have a problem with two things existing at the same time so (laughs) (laughs) i I love how you're getting to this point yeah we're we're getting somewhere ladies and gentlemen um but you said like that (laughs) disney's going to come in or the this this kenobi story is going to come in and steamroll over your head cannon sure essentially yeah i read something earlier the person who talking about or even their own cannon like you know with um which they've done once before when leia says uh oh yeah i have you know images really flashes images whatever of her mother and it's like yeah you don't remember crap about your mother shut up but um that concept uh someone else saying that they watch the sequels and everything and i again there's i understand a lot of i can understand logically a lot of the frustrations and things that are there but they're like it destroyed the franchise that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but in my mind and the way that I think, I'm like, it, it, it doesn't, it, like it didn't. For you. Because, yeah, well, that's the thing is I'm admitting, right? like this is for me. I don't understand the mindset that all the films still exist. Like everything still exists. Mm-hmm. Everything is still in the, with the exception of George Lucas changing them with his special features and that sort of thing. Like they all <laughs> still exist in the state that they were there. I don't think you need to go so far as to just like legitimately say nothing else exists here at all, but you can ignore everything else. Like if it bothers you, you can ignore it. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, to, I, don't... To, I think I, I think I'm with you. Honestly, I, I do think I'm with you to a certain extent. Um, but there are things like rewriting Leia's backstory uh, to, to service some storyline in the prequels that doesn't actually mesh with, what she tells Luke in sure. Return of the Jedi. You know, there are little things like that. That, uh, Or, you know, uh, <laughs> we can, I mean, there's a lot we could go after. This isn't so much internal logic as it is not taking your own storytelling seriously, but like with uh, 
George Lucas using the prequels to take stabs at U.S. foreign policy in the early 2000s. It's just like, oh my gosh, can we, like, you're really going to throw your own uh, mythology, uh, you know, away to make it, to score a cheap political point? Like, that that sort of thing, like, uh, just really, it, it really torques me off, you know? And so, because they are stories I love. Yeah. Um, and so, and because I did spend my childhood memorizing those freaking movies. Yeah. And so, when... Uh, Padme dies in childbirth. I can't help but hear Leia later saying, "Oh yeah, no, I remember she died when I was very young. I still have images, flashes. What? No, you don't." See, and I think that I think you just locked into the difference in approach that makes it work. Because in my mind, I look at that moment and go, "How do I make this work?" Versus that doesn't work. And I think that's the the difference in approach this is oh it's so interesting i actually do think we're stumbling across uh, something here where and, and this <laughs> Maybe is a useful subject to talk about here <laughs> if you are still here this is um i know we we maybe we'll get to a third topic i don't know maybe not um it, it is in many ways that count uh, almost all ways that count a religious attachment that you have to these mm -hmm. in that it, it's almost like faith. That. the way you're talking about your love of star wars is faith yeah uh, the way that people talk about faith like you know what do you say about all these internal consistencies in the bible and you know and somebody who is coming at it from a cynical perspective you know all they can see is the inconsistencies and somebody who's coming at it with faith says you know what i can find ways to reconcile sure. this. I can, you know, I can take those logical inconsistencies and either reconcile them in my brain or put them aside and just say, you know what? It's a matter of faith for me. Um, it, this is not me advocating one way or another. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this is an illustration of the difference between you and me yes. and Star Wars where I, all I can see at this point, um, you know, outside of the, the stuff that I grew up with and that I learned to love uh, but the violence that's been done to that, from my perspective, with the new stuff, it's hard for me to get over that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but for you, it's faith. This is my tribe. It's my thing. It's my the thing that I love, and I will go to whatever lengths to make sure that I can maintain that love. I hear Obi-Wan Kenobi okay. saying, I, I hear Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you're going to find that a lot of the truths that we cling to depend upon your point of view. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and I think that that's, I think that that's fair. Um, I, Ryan, I kind of am like you when, when she says, oh, images, you know, she died when I was very young. I'm oh, like, she's a force user. So the force. I, well, part of that was sure. Maybe we can go with that. But part of that was maybe she, there were some stories that were passed on. I mean, she was a major political figure and all the images I saw were just things of her time as a career. There are so many ways, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> my choice my choice to work with any of those kinds of things i don't think destroys any of the other information that we had we uh, in fact if you want to go into the neuroplasticity issue um we make up all kinds of things all the time sure absolutely. and so could she have been remembering thoughts flashes she died when i was very young yes she died when you in childbirth did the mom and dad did bail organa and his wife do we know her name i can't remember uh, not off the top of my head. Did they she show her? Married? Did they show her images? Did they tell her about her mother? Um, and were there things that she could have connected with? You know, some mistaken memories. Sure. Are we gonna? You know, it, for me, that doesn't rise to the level of saying 
I'm throwing all of this out. I'm tired of, I'm tired of it being steamrolled. Yeah. For me, it's a, it's a, it's an issue of, wow, we told these stories as best we could. We're going to get another shot at it. Didn't see that one coming. So let's tell it this way. We're going to get still another shot at it. Well, let's tell it this way and add some things into it to help clarify and to help expand the universe. I'm okay with it. I think the one caution I have, and it's to myself and everyone there, is that there is a line that is drawn between the concept of faith that you're talking about there and zealotry <laughs> towards Star Wars. Because the idea that, like, I, I have been accused on I love, I love where this is going. I, 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 that I cannot see anything <laughs> wrong with Star Wars or that be, just because it's Star Wars that I love it. And that is not 100% false, not 100% true. Um, you, you definitely ride that line. I right? can. I, well, uh, like you, I, one, one tiny little shove would send you into the it's Star Wars, therefore I will spend all of my money on it camp. Uh, I mean, you if, already have spent the, a significant portion of your money on it. I was like, if the margin is how much money I spend, yeah, I crossed that line. <laughs> I have 12 how, lightsabers I was going to say, how many lightsabers? <laughs> each valued at about $150 to $200. So yeah, I've got, I've definitely crossed the money spending line. But I like, I am not beyond seeing flaws in in the stories and in the pieces. And that's the one thing, like, with the whole Kenobi series coming up here, I am incredibly excited. Ewan McGregor is one of my absolute favorite Star Wars actors, mm -hmm. period. He yeah, was the yeah. best thing to come out of the prequels, quite frankly, yeah. um, as Obi-Wan. I'm really excited to see him back in that piece. I love the story of the Inquisitors, uh, learning more about them in Jedi Fallen Order. I'm really excited to see how that plays through. There's a lot of things that I'm really excited about, but I'm, I'm also concerned. Like, what if you just don't tell the story well? Right. right, and that's that, possible. That, that's that, I, that's, that that's kind of what we got yeah, to a certain extent with the book of Boba Fett, where there a lot of it was just kind of yeah. kind of sloppy or downright bad storytelling in some places, um, with with characters that we should really enjoy watching. Right, mm -hmm. so similar, not this, not not in the same vein as Obi Wan Kenobi. If you're going to do a Boba Fett show, you better do it right, yeah. and I'm not sure they quite did it right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you, Ryan, that I'm excited to see Ewan McGregor again. I agree. He's a fantastic part of the prequel trilogy. Um, and, you know, ultimately, he gave us the greatest gift that any human can give to our civilization. And that is uh, a really well-used and well-loved GIF. Hello there. Oh. Right. I was like, where are you going with this? Mullet? I, are you going uh, with... I was, I was wondering about the beard, maybe. Yeah. No, no. Hello there. He said the standard for what, what men's beards are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He really did. Um, all right. So, where are we going? All right. Uh, Kenobi. I, despite everything that we just said, because it's more interesting when we disagree, and so I, you yeah. know, I like to play that up i am excited i i hope they do it well i hope the storytelling goes well uh because i do like the character of obi-wan kenobi and i do like ewan mcgregor and yeah so a lot of times i so would yeah, say I'm like hopeful. cautiously optimistic but i have to be honest i'm throwing a lot of my caution to the wind and i'm just straight out optimistic about this one yeah i really am don't worry i've i've, I've picked up the cautiousness slack for you so <laughs> thanks i'm glad yeah I'm glad. don't worry i'm hauling around everybody glad else it's is coming out clearly <laughs> i'm hauling around everybody else's cautiousness i'm weighed down with the you know just this uh this burden you can are, count on you to you be the rational one yeah i am i am that's the bantha right. of reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, you know, I don't know if we have a lot of time left. We, we've already been going for about 55 minutes on this baloney. Uh, so <laughs> we got into a lot more philosophical discussion than we did about content that we were aimed at. Oh, we I know. At. But you know what? At this point, if you're brand new to the show and you made it this far, congratulations. I think you found a show that you're going to love. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll probably like others. If you've been listening to the Legendarium for a while, you could have seen this coming from a mile away. Okay. So it's, we look forward to seeing you in Portland. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Please go to Portland. Yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. Um, no, I, I was going to use the last little bit to talk about sequels because I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a discussion where we're not going to get into spoilers. Okay. Uh, like you're not far enough in to do. No, I, was, oh, well, I, I guess what I'm considering is do how much do we, or do we at all spoil Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, uh, the first game in the series. And I, I think we can try to work around that. Okay. So if you, um, We'll, we'll see. No, here's my, my point with this is just to bring it up and say, um, I'm not sure. I, I'm not loving it so far just because um, it kind of this dovetails actually really well with the with the MCU and Star Wars discussions sure. we've had where I crave novelty now at mm-hmm. this point. Like I've I've seen the storylines. I've you know, like the, these are well trod. What else you got for me? Um, I want new trails. I want, you know, something else Uh, where this is one of those sequels where it literally just kind of picks up where he left off and the story continues. It feels more like an expansion pack than a sequel. Um, uh, Now, okay, fair or not, whatever. That's that's Mm -hmm. been my experience now. I'm what, 30, 35 hours into this freaking immense game it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a that hell is of some, an expansion pack <laughs> i know right <laughs> so but do you know what i'm what i'm talking about like it this as far as the gameplay the the weapons the storyline whatever there's not we're not like really we're literally treading new ground but story-wise we're not really treading new ground so let me compare this with something that is i think overly maligned uh it is it is maligned with decent reason, but too much. And that's the Matrix sequels. Okay. Um, not, not the newest one. That uh, let's, let's leave that <laughs> off. But Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, especially Reloaded, I think has a lot to recommend it. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that they do well is m- they're very different from the first movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is treading new ground. And you can, you know, argue about the merits of it you know but at least it's it's a a sequel that is different from the original it gives you something fresh gives you something new um where you know so as i'm playing this game i'm thinking about the sequel issue and uh, you know gosh what so for you what this, was i expecting out of this i i'm not sure for you the sequel issue is why don't we have sequels that give us better new content yeah. New directions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there are a couple of examples like on the other end of things. Uh, if we want to stick with video games, 1998, StarCraft comes out and lights the world on fire. You play StarCraft 2, and it's a totally different game. Um, kind of the same bones, but they built something very different structurally on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a more recent example would be the 2016 Doom uh, shooter that came out. Absolutely fantastic. One of the best first-person shooters ever made. And when they came out with the second one, uh, they gave you different monsters, different weapons, different uh, ways of 
playing the game where it still felt familiar, but it was so different that it's actually difficult to then go back and play the first one because uh, you're used to the new version. You know, whereas like with Horizon Forbidden West, um, I was so excited and still am. I mean, I'm going to finish the game mm-hmm. because I love the first game so much uh, that, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, pre-rational faith-based thing that I'm talking about with Ryan where it's like, okay, put Horizon colon something. I'll play the damn game. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, take my money. Um, but at this point, I'm like, oh, you know, I was, uh, I could go back. You could put the first game in front of me and I wouldn't miss a beat. It's the same thing. Okay. Uh, versus you know the second one anyway that's all uh so i i don't mean to necessarily get in an, into an argument about this game but how do you guys feel about sequels per se do you do, do does this come up for you guys at all yeah actually i think this is and this game and a lot of similar games um fits perfectly with the example of how difficult it is to do a sequel yeah, yeah. because you have to ride the balancing act of saying what worked and what did we love about the first one that we need to carry over yeah. and what needs to be new or how do we make the story bigger? How do we make this stuff? Uh, how do we take this to the next level so that it's engaging and that it is new? Because if you want an example of a series that is just basically them reskinning and releasing a new thing every year, that's every sports game on mm. the done yeah. by EA Sports. Like, those aren't sequels. Those aren't, it's literally just right. new skins, new things, that sort of thing. Yep. Um, so when you're looking at a story-based uh, piece like Horizon, I look at this and for me, it's worthwhile to go through and say, what did I love about the first one? Is it here in the second one? What do I love about the second one that wasn't in the first? And kind of start to, to compare where things might be different or what might be new. Um to this specific game without getting into any spoilers or anything, most of the game mechanics, most of the core things are the same because that's how the world works. Um, the creatures you fight, they are, some of them are, they're different, they're reskinned, I guess I could say that. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, oh, you are this creature in the prior one, but what's different about you? Mm. What is different about you in this one? And there are some subtle differences in that that I'm like, that I can see, okay. You tried to take the original piece here and they got too easy too quick. So you've made this respond a little differently and a little bit better. So for me, that's all I need for it to be new. It's not an entirely new concept or whatever. There are some of those in this in the game. Um, it's, I, uh, it, it's part of my trepidation with all of this is that the first one was so mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who hasn't played the game, if you have access to, uh, I think, is it a PlayStation exclusive? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have a PlayStation, play Horizon Zero Dawn. It, yeah. Do it now. It is amazing. Worth whatever um, the dollar amount you got to exactly. spend. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's cheaper now than it was before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fork it over. Um, but that twist, the, the twist that they give you, um, you know, halfway, three quarters of the way through the story, where you finally, it clicks what's going on in this world and, mm-hmm. and how it's all working, was one of the, it, it's the, it's the mind melting guitar solo of video game storytelling and how do you follow that up you don't that's really difficult and i think that so the matrix films are a great comparison because the first one is that kind of like 
face melting guitar solo. Uh, how do you follow that up? And I think they did something interesting. You know, some in some aspects it worked, and others it really, really didn't. Yeah. Um, but at least they, you know, they went in a different direction than just trying to remake the first movie. Um, oh gosh, what was I? I uh, my brain is stalling out, Todd. So yeah, you've been trying to say something. Well, yeah, I, I, I think the and and Ryan kind of started this this idea. You pull the different and and uh, if I may, mm-hmm. um, you take the different threads of whatever it was that worked. And you recognize, okay, these threads we need to keep. All the rest of those threads, whatever they whatever they were, throw them away, restart. That's fine. But the other thing I think we is worth is worth asking the question is, and and maybe this is an unfair question because because we're talking about this from the standpoint of people who have experienced the first and are getting the second. But at some point, they're probably the 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 producers of the material. Uh, especially for the ones that we're looking at and we're saying, oh my goodness, it's just the same thing that we've seen over and over again. Yeah, it probably is because they're not thinking about making a better story. They're thinking about selling another game. And maybe because we're so invested in the storytelling aspect of these pieces, we forget that somebody else is sitting there saying, you know, all of these things worked. We can probably get a whole nother group of video game another generation of video game players that whether they saw the last one or not they heard enough buzz about it Mm. we can give them something new and we can make another 48 billion (laughs) dollars by releasing something that is similar and just different enough that we can call it a new game i i agree and most of the gaming industry works that way i yes there are a handful of creative endeavors that I feel like don't fall underneath that umbrella entirely. Oh, I'll buy that. I Absolutely. Um, absolutely. For example, um, I'm really worried about, but also super excited about season two, talking about sequel stuff of Arcane. Arcane is an oh, incredible series. Yeah. Um, it's, but part of its impact is its novelty and what mm, it was. In the exactly. Yeah. Zero Dawn has that same thing. It's this moment, this impact, this change moment. So to answer your question from just a moment ago, where do you go when you have such a mind-blowing guitar solo or whatever? You realize that that moment and that shift is an impact point, and you don't try and replicate the impact point. You try and expand the radius of what it does. Oh, that's an interesting like, way to say okay. it. I like that. And I feel like, and I do, I, I have completed Horizon Forbidden West 95 hours later. Um, 95? Yeah, 95 it's, hours. You should Holy see the, crap. You, Todd, you should see the map on this it's thing. It's insane. It's Next yeah. week, next week. But, <laughs> I have things to do this week. <laughs> I feel like that uh, for me, the story that is told, uh, there is no, uh, to my telling, there is no major impact moment like there was in the first, mm. but there is an expansion of the lore and an expansion of what's going on to give you a bigger story and a bigger stake to deal mm. with long term. Right. So that there's another there Horizon. are two more games. Ah, Todd. There get is out. get out. <laughs> there is a there. There's a trilogy. This this one I believe will be a trilogy, and they have actually started. Uh, PlayStation is already promoting Call of the Mountain or Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is a VR version of this game. Which, if you enjoyed mm. playing it oh, on screen, <laughs> imagine it in VR. <laughs> imagine looking up at a tall neck, right? Just yeah. oh man. 
so yeah, I think uh, we're going to end this by saying everybody should go play Horizon Zero Dawn if they haven't yet. Um, it is it is worth the money. It's worth, honestly, Ryan, here's where I'm coming down on this, okay? You want me to throw off my cynical shackles, uh, you know, of, of uh, bitterness? <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn, as a game, is worth what you would now pay for a used PS4 and that game. Wow. Wow. That game by itself is good enough to justify, you know, it would probably be what? Uh, 150, maybe 200 bucks for a used PS4, something mm-hmm. like that, plus the fee for the game. Worth it. Worth it. Wow. Wow. So, That's high okay. praise. Yeah. I, love I agree that with you, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember the other one I was going to bring up, The Last of Us, with, you know, that twist. I don't know if you've played it. You get to... Oh, yeah, I've got them downloaded, but I haven't played it you, yet. The, the Last of Us has a, a, a bit of storytelling that is devastating, and I haven't played The Last of Us 2 yet, partly because I'm like, where... Like, that moment, that that story was so amazing that I don't want to ruin it with a sequel. <laughs> Like and, and I don't know, maybe it's it. not ruined, but uh, I haven't really read much about the game either way. So, um, all right, guys, we've been going for uh, a little while now. We should probably end it. And you were worried about covering forty-five minutes. I really was. I was like, <laughs> what are we going to talk about? But you know, this is one of those episodes, honestly, where we found a, a pretty interesting through line accidentally mm-hmm. uh, in our three topics today. And uh, I mean, there are probably a couple through lines. One is I'm probably too cynical. Ryan is probably not cynical <laughs> enough um, and that I crave novelty. So there this is not new information to anybody. Who's I listening. don't think, yeah, I don't think it's a surprise <laughs> at all. <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody for, for watching on YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and subscribe YouTube horror stuff. That's what I do. Um, and, uh, share the, oh, share the show with your friends. If you enjoy it, uh, I really hope you do. If you enjoy the show, please don't be shy about sharing us out on social media, you know, yeah. throw our episodes on Reddit. Um, you know, even if it's, Hey, look at these jackasses, uh, on this podcast, that's fine. Just share it. Uh, that's fine. Um, I'm used to being putting on blast. Being put on blast. I know. I know. <laughs> so uh, otherwise, go to thelegendarium.com. Please support us on Patreon based on our other episodes. And for today, we will bid wow. you all we will bid you all farewell and see you on May 28th in Portland, Oregon. All right, guys, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>